Keith, it's on there. You gotta open up that Earth link first. Go to geocities.com. You're gonna find all my information. Okay, I got it. What's up, guys? What up? Eddie! Yo, what's up? I'm gonna remain muted for the mo for at least for my drive because my car will be making sounds and I get road rage and stuff. But I'll I'll chime in every here and there. Well, welcome back to It's All Bad. My name is Keith. This is Mike. Yo, I'm Russian Danny. Ukrainian Danny. Oops. Ukrainian Danny. Ukrainian now. Danny. That's I right. slipped up. And we also got Phil, aka Wild Card, in the house. Old friend of mine. And Phil, what's up? And his dad, who's my old homeboy, Rick Andrade, Pops. Hey, what's up? What's up? How's Tacoma? I don't know. Well, we're in Spokane. That's oh, right. We're on the other side of the yeah, state. Yeah, that's like we're on the the Idaho border is like 40 minutes away, you know? Yeah. We're like nice. seven hours from Seattle. Oh, I know. Four. Uh, it's like four. Maybe four. <laughs> All matters if you drive the speed limit or not. Oh man. Oh, Larry Ingram said to say what's up to you, Andrade's. Yeah, man. Fucking Larry, dog. <laughs> Dude. Well, yeah, I just talked to him. I'll give you guys a like Rick and Larry are like the first generation of yeah. members of Church of the Crystal Methodists, then me, <laughs> my class, and then Phil's one of the young bloods, you know? Yeah, he's he's yeah. from yeah, he's from the iodine uh yeah. <laughs> I'm from from the I'm from the uh, I'm from the hydriotics age. Oh shit! Are you Rick? Oh yeah. Ah, uh, when yeah. was the first? I was, I was Walter White before Walter White was Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what year was the first year you did crank, Rick? Oh fuck! You know, I'll tell you. I, I think it was in um, in the seventies. I think it was. You know, uh, I, I used to do a lot of. I would do well. I thought I was doing big things, you know, like uh, getting like a quarter gram of blow and and snorting it with uh, like my girl and another couple and doing little lines in the bathroom. Quarter gram would last us all night. I thought I was doing big things, and uh, I remember feeling guilty because uh, uh, I didn't have any cash and um, uh, be because I just spent all the fun money on on you know like a quarter or half a gram of blow you know and, and <laughs> somebody, shared, somebody shared a fucking line of crank with me it was just like this little tiny fucking line that was up like all fucking night just <laughs> fucking twacked you know and 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 uh and i thought hey this shit's great because uh you know i can save some money so i remember feeling real proud of myself because i got off of coke uh by doing uh, crank so that was good times yeah graduated yeah. <laughs> uh, was yeah. that in Covina or Monrovia? Uh, San Gabriel. Oh, San Gabriel. Okay. Yeah. And That's then um, I, went to, I went to San Gabriel High. When did you start making it? Uh, well, you know, uh, I got mixed up with some uh, some old friends that I knew through high school that I used to sling bud to. And they were uh, he was an Alhambra guy. And uh, now he was uh, he was. Let's see, I must have been uh, probably late 20s. Oh, okay. 
I was in my late twenties, uh, and uh, it was uh, a uh, he was a motorcycle enthusiast at this yeah. point. I'm just going to say that. And uh, so I used to hang hang with a lot of these guys at the club bar, which uh, shall remain nameless. And uh, anyway, uh, we he was a smart guy. He um, his dad was a chemist. And his dad had passed away and just uh, there was like a they had like a house behind their house that was like his dad's little chemistry lab, you know. And wow. so when he passed away. Um, uh, we just got creative, you know, with all that stuff, you know, but uh, he was a pretty smart cat. Was that were you guys making P2P or pill dope? No, we were we were doing the hydriotic. What? The Heisenberg method. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, yeah, that was a real shit back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? So, uh, uh, if you want to know one of the stories from there, it's kind of cool. So here, I'll tell you, you what you, I got to tell you this. So anyway, so back in those days, you could, uh, you know, it was getting hard. You know, back in the early days, uh, you could get, you could get uh, all the ephedrine you wanted, you know, because uh, yeah. you used to use it in welding and all kinds of shit, and um, and it got harder and harder to get. Well. Uh, this one dude uh, went out and he bought all these pills and, and, uh, but there was buffer and binder in there. Right. So he bought like two pallets of this shit, you know, yeah. and got it delivered to the house. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's this two fucking pallets. And then nobody knew what the fuck to do with it, you know, cause it's got buffer and binder in it, you know? So, um, so uh, he goes, ah, oh, fuck, I can't use this shit. And uh, so he goes, ah, oh, fuck, I just throw it away. So me and my buddy went to work trying to figure it out. We get all his dad's chemistry books out and, and we get all twacked out and we just start reading all these fucking chemistry books, trying to figure out how to remove buffer and binder from these fucking pills. Right. So it takes us like all night and he's like in some other part of the house and I'm in another part of the house. We're just going to school. Right. And, and I'm looking at this shit and I, and I finally come up with this idea, like, dude, it's, it can't be this easy because from what I see here, all you got to do is dilute it in water and the buffer and binder removes itself and you just filter it. And so then I, I didn't even tell him that, well, he's in the other room thinking the same thing, right? They yeah. can't be that fucking easy. Right. So we end up um, bumping heads and I go, dude, you know, he goes, have you found anything? I go, yeah, but fuck, it can't be that easy. He goes, what are you thinking? And I told him and he goes, yeah, I'm thinking the same fucking thing. So so uh, we started, we, we experimented with it and we got back just like this incredible fucking uh, inf ephedrine, you know? And yeah. uh, so we had, we had a whole fucking pallet of free fucking ephedrine <laughs> and uh, dude, it lasted us for fucking, that's us for, uh, I mean, literally, I think we probably made about uh, 80 pounds, 90 pounds. Oh, off off of those fucking bottles. Remember those things? Yeah. The little fucking bottles. Yeah. Yeah, the generic ones, right? Yeah. It looked like it looked <laughs> fake and shit. Yeah, like we made fucking 80 to 100 pounds off of that free fucking pallet, man. Good times. Fuck. Oh, you guys were doing how much were you cooking at a time? Uh 20 pounds. Oh my god, really? Wow. Um, oh, oh, you know, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of going it was kind of going like we had this much and then these enthusiasts were getting most of it. Right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, it's a ton of meth. Like, in a gallon bag, like a Ziploc, or... What's that? A, a, a pound of meth. What does that look like physically? Uh, You know those freezer bags? Yeah, they, yeah. 
Yeah, you you could fit. It looks like about that much in one of those freezer bags. Was it like one shard, or was it like was it like multiple well, tiny shards, or like what, what did it look like? Well, to actually, to make shards, it's a little more difficult. You have to have a desiccator, and you have to grow crystals. So um, uh, usually, it comes out looking like powder. And you know, uh, everybody thinks that you know, it, it, you know, you have to grow the crystals. There's a there's a process of crystallization that has to take place in order to. Uh, grow those crystals to make them look like that. Actually, what it, you know, if you look at a microscope and you look at one little flake of crystal, um, it's going to have seven sides, and that's actually one crystal growth. And then uh, what you're doing is you're actually growing those crystals on top of each other, and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger, and and uh, so it's it's a process. So it's it it has a real good look to it, but it really doesn't mean that it's any more pure than just the powder. Yeah. Oh, it's all glitz and glam. I mean, like you say, like, uh, it's all a presentation. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Great. Just so we're so we're clear, Lawrence. Like the stuff that uh, Rick and them were making was like it was before the stuff like I was even doing in the '90s. Like, you know, yeah. the guys in in the San Gabriel where we're all from. You, you were doing reverse reaction, right? Is this like yeah. glass? Is this like the glass shit I had in Hollywood in the '90s? Uh, yeah, I remember the little chunk that'd be like a little chunk, and it was just little tiny match head and you were good yeah yeah that's that, yeah okay yeah copy yeah. that yeah so what about sounds like keith it sounds like you were doing the reverse reaction doing the iodine and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly that's a scary fucking way i mean i did that too when you know you couldn't get hydriotic anymore but um yeah i did that it's uh you go through a lot of glass yeah <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I don't know if you, we had dudes like, we had dudes who were breaking into high schools to steal the flasks out of the chemistry lab and shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> you remember, Rick, did you ever go to that place, Chem Lab? Oh, fuck yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, Burbank? Yeah. No, Placentia. Probably oh, the Placentia. Oh, that was, the, well, they were, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, wait. Chem Lab had one there and they had one down in Orange County. I used to go to the one in Orange County because it was yeah. much more low key. Yeah, that's the one we went to. Yeah, I got a good story for that from that one too. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so this is the point to where we're, we're needing some uh, uh, red phosphorus, right? Well, yeah. the cops are fucking on to what's going on, and and they're fucking following people and shit. So I, you know, I know what's up, and I know I'm going to get followed by fucking two or three fucking cops, and they're going to follow me everywhere I go, you know. So um, yeah, I fucking lost these guys. I, I ran them through the, I just ran them everywhere. I fucking, uh, I take off from there and I see them, they follow me. So, and there's like a fucking Mercedes and then a van, you know, and, the, and I'm just running through the traffic, just fucking with them and then slowing down and letting them pass me. I'm just fucking with them hard, bro. And, and, uh, and so I take them through fucking like McDonald's and then Jack of the Box. <laughs> and then I stop, then I stop, then I stop at one person's house, nothing to do. And I go in there for a few minutes. I carry a fucking bag inside there. Then I come out with no bag. And then I go to somebody else's house, hang out there for a little bit, take a bag in there, come out with no bag. They had no fucking idea what was up, you know, by the time I was done with those fucking guys. Fucking cops are stupid. That sounds fun. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, you make it sound fun again. Like, wow, yeah, that's great. It, yeah, it was, it was it was a little bit of fun back then. I mean, it just, was fun, right, Rick? Oh I yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, uh, it was. Well, that's because back then, you know, uh, 
uh, cops kind of followed some rules back then, you know, so they were, yeah. waiting, they were waiting for the big bust. Yeah. They're waiting to, to take them to fucking to the big guy, you know, and I got, fighting. I got busted one time in, in like on the border of Covina in Glendora, Rick. Right. And they pulled me over just cause I knew everybody. They're like, where's the fucking lab? Like, you know, like shoving me <laughs> in the car. And I go, <laughs> I go, I don't fucking make this shit. Where's the fucking bag. And it dawned on me. I'm like, dude, what was happening is they're clipping in all these people and yeah. they're just saying that I'm the cook because I know everybody, they know right. I don't cook. <laughs> you know, you're like, you know how it, you're always like, when I think back on it, you know, cause in the tweaker world, everybody, there's always people calling other people rats. And if now in hindsight, I'm like, wait a minute, the dude who calls like, fuck it, you know, Mike a rat and Phil a rat. That's always the rat. The guy right. telling you yeah. Yeah. every fucking time. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. 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 I, I, um, uh, you know, I always used to tell everybody if anything ever fucking happens, give them the Bob story, you know, and I used the Bob story myself one time when, when I got, uh, when fucking luck finally ran out and I did get busted. It was like this little amount, but we had this, uh, U-Haul, um, this, this one dude had stole a U-Haul truck. It was like a brand new U-Haul with a fucking Vortec in it. And I wanted to take that Vortec out in the truck and the drivetrain. He wanted the front clip. So we had it in my garage and we had started tearing the fucking thing apart. Right. And, um, and, uh, then this guy fucking he snitched on me and the cops came and fucking raided me. Right. Well, they see the fucking car in there and they're all like, all right. So, uh, whose, whose truck is this? And I go, ah, it's Bob's. And they go, who's Bob? And I go, uh, he's a guy I just met a couple of weeks ago. And they go, well, what's Bob's last name? I go, I don't know. I just met him. Well, do you know where Bob lives? I go, yeah, he lives over on the other side of town. Uh, I might be able to find the house, but all those houses look the same. And, <laughs> and so they're well, whose truck is this? And I go, it's Bob's. They go, well, what are you tearing it apart for? I go, we're not. We're putting it back together. <laughs> <laughs> so when they finally did charge me, they couldn't get me for, you know, uh, uh, stealing the, the truck. All they could get me for was receiving stolen property. Yeah, I got fucking, um, dude, I had, I, I, I don't know. I think I've told Phil this story years ago, but, you know, when you're on that shit, you all, you know, like, because I, I wasn't cooking. I'd, I'd be helping, like, Diane, who I think you know, Rick. I would help Diane cook and fucking Picasso and all these other people around Covina. But this dude, Pineapple guy in Azusa is like, hey, I got a brand new Mustang and a bunch of blank cashier's checks, right? Or, or payroll checks. So I shoot up there and I'm like, I, I can't remember, I gave him like literally like a, a quarter ounce and like 35 bucks and a cordless phone for this car. And it's a it's the same thing as yours. It's a rental car that hasn't been right. returned. So I got the keys <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to come up. It's a brand new Mustang and shit and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized like where we're from, it ain't worth shit because it ain't a Chevy. I literally couldn't give that motherfucker away. I was like, I'll take a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Like somebody want the motor and I end up getting busted <laughs> in that fucking thing. I'm like, it has to be a Chevy in the San Gabriel Valley. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Back in those days. I called, I think you know him, but uh, Rocky, this friend of mine, I called him and I was like, Hey, I was like, fucking pineapple has this car, you know, and all these payroll checks. I'm going to bring a couple of them. And Rocky goes, don't touch those fucking payroll checks. He goes, they're hot. like people had already been burning them out, you know? And he goes, dude, he goes, if you could pull over one of those, you're going to get washed up. You know, was Rocky a guitar player? No, he, but he was a motorcycle enthusiast. Okay, I, I probably know him. For the folks at home, Keith, could, just, could you ex expound a little bit? Like, what is a payroll check thing? 
Uh, oh, sorry. These are just like somebody had stole like a box of payroll checks. Box of payroll checks. Yeah, but, you know, he had a, like he had a, like a few hundred of them. But I, and I wasn't really into that. You know what I mean? That wasn't my thing, like any of the, I, the credit cards or any of that shit. But I just thought, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? I'll trade them for something else. You're thinking that. Word. But what had happened was, you know, it's, this is pre like cell phones, you know, like the way, the way Rick and I were doing it. It wasn't like, you know, you couldn't just call each other. You know what I mean? It was like, so everything's like word of mouth. But I called Rocky, luckily, to ask him. And, and apparently people had been cashing those fucking things all around town. I mean, this oh, is that wow. era where like there was tweakers who'd make like fake Home Depot gift certificates and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. You remember that yeah, shit, the, 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 Yeah, yeah. The big thing also was uh, uh, money orders. Yeah. Yeah. So what these dudes would do, and I had a friend of mine who actually uh, he did time. He's passed away now. Fucking uh, I went to school with. But because of uh, the shit he used to do when they got when he got out of prison, American Express hired him for six months on the payroll to show him what the fuck he was doing. No way. So that they develop new fucking ways not to, 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 to uh, deter it. You know, and what he used to do, he bought a pay, one of those paymasters, one of those things, ka-ching, remember yep, that? Yep, 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 yep. So he bought a paymaster and then he'd go to like 7-Eleven and he'd, he'd get like a, he'd get a, a money order for $299. Because I think at that time, anything over $300 was a felony. Yeah. So, so he'd, he'd uh, get a money order for uh, $2.99. And then he would use acetone and draw the ink off. And then he would make all these fucking money orders for $299 and send little torpedoes all over the place to cash them. Oh, that's cheap. <laughs> hey, Rick, what do you, I was trying to remember, remember in prison when we get the stamps and wash them? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, I can't remember what it was. It was something very simple, though. Remember, you could just clean the shit right off and reuse the stamps. Oh, yeah, well, you mean uh, putting dope on them? You No, no, no. But you remember how, like, you get a letter, but you'd be, I, fuck, I can't remember what it was we used, but you could just clean this, you know, the, the thing this post office puts over the stamps just so you can yeah. reuse them. Well, sorry about your luck, bro, but I had money in the joint, so. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a, you know, it's a trip. It's like, you guys are telling these stories and I'm from a completely different generation of fucking tweaker, you know, like, I mean, I think I was doing math, but Keith was already sober by the time I was like, you know, I think 99 was the first time I really like fucking, I even tried fucking dope, you know? And, um, so it's like completely, totally different generation, but it's like, you're telling it's the same. It's the same scams. It's the same fucking car. It's like the same ass shit. You know, it's the same like car, you know, like fucking rental car that you're getting stuck with that you can't fucking get rid of Home Depot. I mean, I'm, I literally am driving by the fucking Home Depot where we would like, I mean, you know, like we had to get a little more fucking intricate with our fucking get down, you know, but it's like, it's the same fucking shit. However many years it's like, you know, there's like a, it's, it's like, there's like a gene in every like fucking, you know, uh, what did you call him? What did you call us? Uh, fucking Keith Crystal Methodist, you know, like yeah. it's all we got the same thing. It's just been like just modified just a little bit, you know, literally tweaked just a tiny fucking amount. Well, the, the yeah. first time I ever did speed was the shit Rick and those guys made and probably like 1984. Like, but yeah. uh, again, I can't even tell you, like, you couldn't really get it in Hollywood or early like, adopter. Oh, yeah, like San Gabriel Valley and the Inland Empire, right, Rick? Oh yeah, well you know, I actually I, I used to I used I used to take it, uh, and I had a good customer in Hollywood who used to take quite a bit of it. 
And yeah. They read it, and it was like a, the big in the gay community, right? And, yeah. Uh, I had met this guy. I had met this guy um, at work when I worked with him, and uh, I'd, and he was a good friend of mine. And he was and he would get me these. Uh, um, he would get little sacks for me all the time for his brother, right? Well, he was going on vacation. He goes, hey, well, I'm going to be gone in Hawaii. I need to hook you up with my brother so that you can just go to him and drop this shit off, you know, because he's going to need it. So uh, I, I go, yeah, okay. So I go up to this. It was in Eagle Rock. It was up in the hills. It was just like one of those nights. It's just darker than dark. And, and uh, I go over to his house and I walk around this fence when I finally found this house. And there's this there's this dude standing there and he's like six foot five and he's got one of those leather boy things with the collar around and like the leather straps coming down, you know, and, yeah. jeans on. and I walk around the corner and there's this dude right there. And I know I made this little noise like, ah, or something, you know, yeah. you hear my tennis shoes squeak. It's like, Oh, this big gay guy, you know, it, it, like, tell me this is back in the day when we were gay. It was like kind of, you know, Nobody even said they were gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he'd like told me, he goes, yeah, just letting you know my brother's gay. And I'm like, fuck, I don't give a fuck. So anyway, yeah. when I go there and, and I'm and uh, met that guy, you know, he that was a scary fucking ordeal dealing with the, the first time with him. Because he goes, yeah, come on inside. And we walk inside and he's got one of those beds with the with the fuck swing hanging in yeah. the bed, you know. And I'm all, dude, is this guy going to fucking butt rape me or yeah. what's that? You know? Yeah. But it turns out he was a nice guy, you know. So I ended up just slinging a lot of shit to him. And uh, and uh, he never once, tried, never once tried to stick his finger in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Thank one God, time. Huh? Not one time he tried. Not, not one. Not even once. So. <sighs> Phil, when was the first time you did it? So I was like 15. And, you know, my dad had a, he, he never wanted people to expose me to his lifestyle, you know, but he had a house out in La Puente when things were pretty, like going pretty crazy. And, um, and there was some like dudes that were getting out of the joint were going there. There was like motorcycle enthusiasts there. It was just like the house of the rising sun. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I would go over there and there was these two sisters that lived in a back room and and i was like hey what are you doing in the bathroom you know and she was like well you know and she had this fucking huge jar like meth bong fucking cryptochronicon fucking whatever the fuck you know just off the hook like a jar bro and i hit it and i remember and my head hit the sink because it was so good you know the dope was so good my head hit the sink and i and my hands let go of the jar smashed all over the fucking bathroom floor and I was just sitting there with my head against the sink, like, holy shit, man, I'm fucking high, man. I'm fucking high, man. This is and then you know what I'm saying? Then I just wild out with them and you know, but yeah, I was a, I was young, man. I was 15. But I remember them saying, Don't tell your dad because he said don't expose you to his lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I knew there was something going on, but I didn't know exactly what, you know what I mean? But so that that was the beginning. And then uh yeah, and then, but I, I liked alcohol a lot, you know what I'm saying? So I would drink, and then I'd do dope sometimes, and then I really didn't get hooked on dope until I was, like, 20. Yeah. Remember, after you were sponsoring me, I was, like, 19, you know? Yeah. And then I had, like, a year and a half, and then I relapsed, and then and then I started kicking it with, like, the big boys doing dope and just completely lost my mind. I go crazy on dope, you know? Was that in Covina? 
No, that was in uh, like Temple City, San Gabriel area. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I was over there a lot more. And, uh, and but I just, I'm one of these guys that, and my dad would find it annoying because, you know, he's like a bigger guy. He could do dope and he could just, you know, party in a hotel and shit. But me, the fucking, as soon as I take a hit, the helicopters were flying above me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the fucking white vans were following me. You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to kill me. There's motherfucking federal agents and government agents in the attic staring down at me. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I get crazy, bro, you know? Yeah, the white suburbans was your thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there was some white suburbans. <laughs> like, no, one time, Keith, let me tell you, I got so fucked up one time. My dad has tattoos on both his arms, and I thought he was a government agent, and there was an actor playing his part, and they switched the tattoos on his arms. I was like, this is... This isn't really him. This is a fucking agent. And it's, you know what I mean? Oh, so Fuck, that, that, bro. Was, that, that was at the restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, you guys are good, man. He's a fucking actor. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. Fucking, we, we sat down and, and he uh, he goes, are you really my dad? And I go, yeah, I'm your fucking dad. And he goes, show me your tattoos. And I'm all, all right. So I show him my tattoos. And he goes, oh, you're good. <laughs> I was like, shut the fuck up, bro. My fucking dad. <laughs> Phil, what's the longest you stayed awake? Uh, Like 10 days. Whoa. Stayed hey. up 10 days and 10 nights. And, you know, at that point, you're like blacking out and you're like consciously dreaming. You know what I mean? So you're like yeah. seeing weird shit and feeling weird shit and thinking weird shit. And, um, yeah, but I had, you know, I, I, I was, I don't know, lucky or unlucky enough to have somebody that was hooking me up with it for free for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I just didn't know how to take care of myself on dope. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really have anybody schooling me at that time, you know, other than like, keep your shit straight because I would just be up crazy, fucking losing weight. My pants were falling off me. I smelled, you know what I mean? I was just like, just all I did was dope. I didn't eat or sleep, bro. And those are like the two things you need in order to stay sane is food and rest. You know what I mean? And I'm just up twirling the fucking piece. You know what I'm saying? Just freaking out. Oh man. It was terrible. Hallucinating and shit. Oh man. I, yeah. I hallucinated, bro. Yeah. I hallucinated. Definitely. There was one time I actually took, I was going to, to go to rehab to Los Encinas and I had a bed date to go in and I had been up, you know, and I was like, I got to smoke a joint to calm my nerves to go in there, you know, and the shit was laced, bro. And I smoked it. And I remember my dad had a record of Leonard Skinner, the street survivors, a record sitting there and they all morphed into demons. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, oh shit. Oh shit. My heart's going. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. You know what I mean? I, I remember I ran outside and I saw the Grim Reaper on the wall you know uh, what i mean and i was just oh man i was like oh my god i'm only 20 like for real i thought i was dead bro i thought <laughs> i thought i thought they finally got me they finally hit me with a joint they laced it with cyanide or something and i'm dead you know what i mean Fuck. what's the longest you stayed awake rick wait wait was the joint actually was the joint actually laced or was it no, just I, you I, fucking I don't know, man. I mean, I believe like I've never, I smoked a lot of weed in my day and I've never had that type of reaction, you know? So, and I remember when I bought it from the guy, they were in joints already. Like I paid him for like a bag of two joints or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So he could have put anything on it. You know what I mean? 
but like the react i've never had that it was like a dark spiritual like it was a very spirit world type thing that happened to me that i'll never forget it was like the scariest day of my life you know because i really thought i was dead you know what i mean and then when i got to los encinas i don't know if i can can i say his name he's he passed away but can i say who was in there yeah or not scott wyland was in there yeah 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 and he was like, and I was all fucking fried out because I just had the worst day of my life. And, and I had a leather jacket on and they're like, Scott, you got a new roommate. And he's like, I hope it's not that kid with the leather jacket, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you tell him, fuck you, I bought your record or something? Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I, I was cool. I mean, I was just like, I wasn't his roommate anyway. You know what I mean? But like, uh, they had me in my own little room and shit. But yeah, it was terrible, man. I like, I felt like I sold my soul that day. You know, it was like, because wow. I'd been around, you know, tweakers that do black magic and witchcraft and all that weird shit. Yeah, oh yeah. I was around, I was, I was around that, you know? And I was young and kind of dumb. And I was just like, thought I was in Goodfellas because I was the youngest of all these guys who were in their 30s and 40s. I was like 19, 20. And I was just going along for the ride. But like, I saw all these spiritual signs, like stop going here, stop going to this place, stop hanging out with these people, you know, but I'm like, I wanted the dope so bad. I just kept going, you know? And then I felt like I compromised myself spiritually. You know what I'm saying? Did you tell us a black magic story that freaked you out? Uh, Yeah, there was a house. There was a house. I don't even know how I ended up with these two guys. They had long black hair. And they turned on some music and they were like talking to me and there was like mist coming out of one of their mouth, but I was high and I was tripped out, you know? So I don't know if there was mist, like, and I didn't say like, Hey motherfucker, there's mist coming out of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but I was, it was just like a freaky ass, like, you know, witches, you know what I mean? And then there was just other times where there, any house that I was at, there was weird, uh, ornaments and like hourglasses and like demonic stuff all around you know what i mean and and i i my mom always raised me to pray to god we weren't really we weren't religious but when i came into aa like i already had my higher power so that wasn't hard for me you know what i'm saying yeah but i i felt like i had a light soul like i'm i'm a good person you know and the fact that i wanted drugs and shit so much just put me in the middle of darkness all the time you know what i mean yeah yeah what's the longest you stayed awake rick you know uh i'll tell you i never really liked doing more dope than uh that i could talk to a cop if if i had to you know what i mean oh yeah it was for me it was really about money i don't have those fucking um stories like phil where fucking everything's just reality is just twisted yeah but maybe about three days or so. That's about as all all I would want to stay up, you know. Uh, you know, like gluing some uh, high heels to a morally challenged woman and taking her to the fuck motel. The sack ran out, you know, kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, but you know, uh, uh, you know, there was this one time though a, a great I'm, that comes to memory. I got this really good friend of mine who I've known for years. Phil, Phil met him before. He's a cool dude, Kevin. And, um, and we were both guitar players, you know, and um, this one time we just, uh, this, we just uh, had done, uh, we had made uh, a substantial amount and, uh, and had some time on our hands. So we started out at his house playing guitar and we just fucking just jamming like all fucking day long, you know, 
and then it gets into the nighttime. So then we get the acoustics, we get in the car, and we drive up to Angeles Crest Highway, up to the middle of nowhere and sit there a nice summer night, just playing guitars all fucking night until the fucking sun comes up, you know, seeing, you know, seeing UFOs and shit. Of course, they were probably just fucking planes coming in. <laughs> but we were, we were convinced they were fucking UFOs, you know? Yeah. And uh, then going back to his fucking house, played all fucking day. And, and so then it gets to like the, the, now we're talking like two, two nights and three days of playing guitar, you know? And, and, um, and now he's laying on his bed, like laying down fucking, we're just gone through all our repertoire, you know, of playing fucking guitar. And I'm sitting on his couch, kind of laying down with the guitar on, on my fucking chest. And, and then, and I notice he's playing, he's going, and we both fucking just sat up and realized we we're both playing circus music you know and so at that point it was just fucking now it's time to fucking quit playing guitar once you fucking played everything you could possibly think of and you're down to circus music fucking it's time to put the guitars down you know what i mean it's it's interesting because like like I said like Rick and the dudes that uh from my other homeboys that are that age it's weird because you guys would kind of always keep it together and it would kind of blow me away and I I could n never figure out why that was you know well you know I you know I, I ran with the big dogs you know uh and, and they taught me a lot you know the brothers taught me a lot um about uh, uh the right and wrong ways to do things and um uh, like I said, it was a lot of it was, I mean, it was my fucking job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, life was always looking in the rearview mirror and, and, uh, not fucking blowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, bro, fucking, you know, when you're doing shit, uh, when you're hanging out with, uh, the brothers and, um, and you got business with them, uh, you don't want to fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The cops are the least of your problems. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. I mean, that's right? how people get you know, people get invited out to the clubhouse in the desert and never come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I know. Well, yeah, because yeah, I know. I, I'm like you. I ran with a lot of them dudes, and like, I was telling somebody recently. I'm like, dude, in the '80s, you know, like you would just disappear. It's not like you were just dead. Like your body was never found. So like. Yeah. Exactly, man. Fucking, hey, have you seen Robbie? I haven't seen him in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. He took off with so-and-so. I haven't seen him since. Yeah. Remember, they'd always be, there's always like, oh, we moved to Laughlin. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they sister. all moved to Laughlin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm like, that's interesting because you guys like Laughlin. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, well, he moved actually moved somewhere between uh, here and Laughlin. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, as soon as the trees end, he's somewhere out there. Somewhere there, yeah. Underneath. What up? Did Did you ever have a scary accident in the lab when you were cooking, Rick? Uh, yeah, I did have. Uh, I did have a pretty. Uh, uh, I'll tell you a funny one and then a scary one. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I remember this one time we were doing uh, this like twenty pound batch. I mean, it's fucking the reaction flask just fucking huge, you know? And, um, and it, that was the Heisenberg method. So it's like one of these things where you can, you have to monitor the temperature of that 24 seven. I mean, oh shit, it, you got to watch it, watch it, watch it. And then you got to be relieved and have somebody else watching it. Well, so it's, it's real stressful doing that method because well, ultimately, you, you know, you, 
you have the ability to create a hydrogen bomb right there. So right. you got to be a little careful to say yeah. that. So, uh, so now I got, uh, I got homeboy. He's fucking, he's listening to the fucking, um, uh, he's listening to the fucking uh, scanner. Right. And he's got this fucking cop book where he can go through and see what all these fucking little call fucking numbers are, you know, it's yeah. like 16 37, you know, and then he's listening to all this shit, you know, and they're saying stuff like, Okay, we're at the candy store, blah, 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 you know. So he's convinced like there's cops fucking getting ready to fucking bust in. And then his old lady's on the fucking parabolic microphone and she's like listening fucking like through <laughs> the walls outside to, to hear him coming. She's hearing like cats walk on the leaves next door, thinking those are fucking cops coming. And it was just like all too much for me, you know. And I'm just, I just fucking said, fuck it, that's enough, bro. <laughs> Turn the fucking scanner off. Take the fucking mic, parabolic mic off. Fucking if they're coming, they're coming. Let's get this shit done and get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Uh, but, wow. Uh, was, there was, uh, so yeah, that's the kind of crazy shit that went on, you know, uh, back then. But uh, yeah, there was this one time, um, I'll tell you this one time because <laughs> Phil was, uh, this wasn't actually cooking. This was like after the fact. So red, you know, the red phosphorus, you can use it over and over, right? So right, you wash uh, it, right? It's yeah, it's it's gold, it's it's golden, you know what I mean? So I had had this clavo fucking I had this clavo fucking in a baggie fucking of, of red phosphorus and <coughs> and uh so like I said, it's like gold. So I had sewn it into the hem of this of this uh, uh of these curtains, you know. And there was this back room that I had, uh, Phil used to call it the lab. And um, <laughs> when I did shit back there, it was only like little personal batches, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just so I don't have to deal with anybody. But um, so I had this fucking shit sewed into the hem of this fucking curtain. And I was looking for something, right? And in one corner of my room, there was just a bunch of shit. And I was trying to fucking get to whatever it was I was looking for. And there was uh, one of these small toolboxes, you know, the ones that are about uh, 18 inches long by six inches wide. And I picked this thing up and I'm fucking pissed looking for whatever I'm looking for. And I picked the thing up and I threw it across the room. Right. Yeah. And it's in midair. All of a sudden fucking time got slow. You know, it just like went into slow motion because as I released it, I realized it's going right for the fucking red phosphorus. Uh, now, you know what red phosphorus is about when you get the container of it and it's brand new, it says on the label, do not move containers swiftly. I mean, this is some fucking radicals. This is what they make fireworks with, right? So the fucking thing is flying right towards that. And I remember just like going, oh, no. and I fucking like guarding my head. And it hits that thing and just goes, boom, fucking just blows up. There goes all my red. No yeah. way. Yeah. And 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 then I fucking open the door because, you know, you don't want to breed that shit, right? Yeah. So fucking I open the door and I fucking run out. And I guess Phil's outside at that point. And he's like, must have been going like, what the fuck was that? Right. And I go running outside and and there's like smoke wafting from my hair like a fucking cartoon, <laughs> you know, and and. uh and the shirt I had on, it looked like somebody shot it with buckshot. You know, there's all these little, I still had the fucking shirt. No way. Yeah. My wife was not privy to any of my life back then. Right. She's a normie. Right. So, right. Uh, 
So, you know, many times she's seen that shirt and gone, why didn't he keep that shirt? Why don't you just throw it away? And I go, you don't have any, you don't have any, no, we can't, this shirt can never be thrown away. You know what I mean? This is, this is a memory right here. I'll never wear this shirt, but I'll, I'll never throw it away. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there was that, but, you know, um, there's been a, you know, there's always, whenever you're doing it, uh, the method you used to do, which is. A reverse reaction with the iodine that's a very unstable method so um you know there's always a lot of oh okay <laughs> all right here's the story the close call story <laughs> all right forgot about this one <laughs> so a good buddy of mine uh, 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 johnny uh rest his soul um johnny had this problem with putting heat on it right and yeah. I tell him, don't fucking put heat on it. Let it do it, do the job, right? Let it fucking, let it do its job. Don't fucking make it work. So, um, so he calls me up one day and he goes, uh, dude, I fucked this batch up. You need to come and help me salvage it. Right. So, uh, so I go over there to help him fucking salvage it. Cause he drowned it out to fucking, so he wouldn't blow his house up. So I go over there and I fucking help him helping him salvage this shit. Right. And, um, and there's this lady, there's this lady underneath when you walk. So this was his girlfriend's apartment. This was in uh, like Eagle Rock, right? Yeah. And, and there's this lady, if you walk on the floor, I mean, we're talking, it's like seven o'clock in the evening. It's not even late. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's this lady with a broom and she would get the broom. If you walk on the, on the, on the floor in the kitchen, I guess down below in her, in her, on the first floor, it probably make it, you know, squeaky floor and it annoyed her so she get the broom handle and hit the hit the hit the floor with this broom you know and he's telling we've got to be careful so we're walking around in socks and shit and um so be trying to be real careful doing this shit and now we're like trying to burn off all this fucking water right so yeah. i'm telling him, just let it fucking do it slow and now it's getting to the point to where uh, all the water's burned off and it's going to start doing its thing again right so I go, and now I gotta go to the bathroom. All right. And I go, all right, now don't fucking put any heat on this. I got to go to the fucking bathroom. So I go to the bathroom and I fucking come out and here's now the fucking cork blue. Cause he, what did oh, Johnny God. do? Johnny always fucking put fucking heat on it. Right. So the fucking cork blue and there's this fucking, just this, the whole fucking top of the apartment has this fucking toxic cloud floating on it. Right. And now, and, and now we're, and now the lady's fucking banging on the fucking door. Cause we're freaking, you know, we're walking all over the fucking place. And, um, and there's this other, one of the brothers just sitting, chilling in the fucking next room, watching TV, like nothing's going on. Right. Fucking he was the calmest motherfucker. I couldn't understand it. And me and Johnny are just like, Oh, what the fuck you asshole. I fucking told you. And, and uh, all of a sudden there's this knock at the door, you know, and it's fucking cops. No way. Yeah. And <coughs> so he goes, oh, fuck, it's cops. And, I, and he goes, what are we going to do? And I go, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll talk to him. So I fucking go outside and I, I just I walk outside and then I close the door behind me and I go, yeah, how can I help you guys tonight? You know? And they go, well, we got a complaint that there's a, a lot of noise, like you're moving furniture around or something up here. I go, well, it's the old lady downstairs. I go, you just if you just walk in the kitchen you know, the floor must make noise down in her. And she's just, uh, she's been a little bit, you know, overkill on this, but we're not, we're not moving any furniture. We ain't going nowhere. And he goes, all right, we'll just keep it down. I'm all okay, officer. Thanks. Uh, we'll keep it down. And then uh, fucking cops split, you know, of course my friends in there shit in his fucking pants, 
the fucking other brothers probably already figured he's probably already got his fucking gun fucking cocked and loaded. You know what I mean? Just Jesus. ready to fucking take everybody out. And uh, so I walked back in there. That was that was a momentous occasion in how I to keep your cool. Fuck. Yeah. So uh, we ended up having to fucking uh, paint the whole fucking uh, ceiling yeah, and shit. Yeah, everything. It just this purple looked like somebody painted the like <clears throat> the first uh, two feet of the whole fucking house it was just purple. Was and the smoke was that lavender shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got. Remember how you couldn't breathe in it? Literally, I was telling these guys. Remember how it would suck, kind of suck this oxygen out of you? Well, yeah, because that's actually what it's doing. If if there's any kind of uh, if there's any kind of uh, leak in, in your in your stopper, anything like that, or your it's that's actually what it's doing is it's removing oxygen. Mm. So wait, it's pulling oxygen out of your lungs if you're exposed to it. Yeah, you know, here's the deal, you know, because oh, shit. Because you know, a federin or pseudoephedrine, what it, um, the the chemical structure of it is the same as um, methamphetamine, except for one of the molecules has an extra oxygen molecule on it. And what you're trying to do is is uh, uh, bur- get rid of that oxygen molecule and replace it with a nitrogen molecule, and then it turns it into the same chain as. Uh, methamphetamine so you know methamphetamine when you ingest it it it, uh, centralizes its medicinal properties on your nervous system but when it's uh, when it has that oxygen molecule in it it centralizes its medicinal properties on your respiratory system so that's why everybody uses ephedrine because it's the easiest thing to change into methamphetamine oh fuck i didn't even know that you know, I do. Uh, yeah. You were, you know why? Because you were one of these guys. If you get this and you get this and you get this and you put it in here and you do this, you end up yeah. with this. I don't know yeah. how. I don't know why, but let's do it. <laughs> so I, I'm so glad that you met. I didn't, because I thought you did it the same way. I didn't know you, because your thing was, so you would, okay, because we did some of the things, same. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this, Phil or Rick, but. I got out of the joint one time and, you know, like before going to the joint, when I'd be helping, we'd be grinding the pills and coffee grinders, then boiling water, you know, and taking a turkey baster and pulling the ephedrine out the oil. And, um, but then I went to the joint for a year. I got out. This is horrifying. It's kind of like what Rick's saying. Like you don't want to use heat if you don't have to, that's how accidents happen. And I come to this fucking house, Rick, these motherfuckers, um, are now they're using, uh, I think it was acetone. But or, or was it denatured alcohol? Denatured alcohol yep. and and boiling it, boiling fucking denatured alcohol on a stovetop to pull the pills. And I'm like, dude, we're gonna you're gonna blow the whole fuck one drop of this comes out and we're done. A boom. Yeah, but I yeah I didn't realize you made it that way because like you know we never made nobody I know made made twenty pound batches. You know what I mean? Like like Diane Cox, like all the all the Covina and West Covina La Puente ones. You know they'd make a you know, few pounds at a time, most. Well, you can't do it doing reverse reaction. You can't do big batches like that doing with uh, with uh, iodine crystals and, and red phosphorus. You just can't. Uh, it's too unstable. And, it, it you know, because uh, even when everything goes perfectly, um, it can just turn in a matter of, I mean, just in three seconds, everything can change. Because right. it's reverse reaction it's a, and, and, and it's unstable. So when you're using when you're doing the iodine crystals and the red phosphorus, it's, it's, everything's reversed. In other words, um, uh, normally when you 
do it the old method with the hydratic acid and red phosphorus. The red phosphorus is the reaction material and the hydriotic is, uh, is, is, uh, um, uh, helps the process. Okay. It helps burn off the oxygen. Well, it, when you're doing it reverse reaction, you're using very little red phosphorus and the iodine crystals is becomes right. a material. And so it becomes very unstable and, uh, very susceptible to, to, uh, uh, to, uh, go wrong real easy. What was the, what was the best thing or weirdest thing you ever traded speed for me? Yeah. Oh shit. Let me think. What did I trade? Um, Fuck, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one for a minute. Well, I can tell you this. I, I had this buddy. You probably you probably know him. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. Well, so he passed away a few years ago. I loved man. He was such a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was like he was like my my favorite fucking little drug addict. Um, <laughs> now, was the kind of guy that uh, would change your transmission for a fucking twenty sack. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'd spent yeah. all fucking day, all night, you know, all he wanted was his dope, you know? Well, I'll tell you this, this one time my dad had given me, uh, he had this fucking Mustang and, um, and he had taken his mechanic, his mechanic told him, nah, it's not even worth fucking, uh, keeping. You should just buy yourself another car, you know? And so I told my dad, well, what are you going to do with that Mustang? And he goes, ah, fuck, I'm just gonna, I don't want it. It's, he said to get another car. So I said, well, I'll take it. He goes, yeah, you can have it if you want it. So, so I get the Mustang and I take it back to my fucking uh, apartments, right? And uh, and uh, so, it was a tow truck driver, right? Yeah. So that's what he did. He was a tow truck driver, and uh, and and he and so he goes. So, what are you going to do with that Mustang? I go, ah, I fucking need to try and figure out what's wrong with it. I, it won't start. And he goes, Oh, I'll work on it. So he goes, I'll come over tomorrow. And it was on a Sunday, right? So uh, back in those days, the auto parts places closed at six o'clock, you know, and uh, and so anyway, he comes over and he's working on the car and he goes, all right, fucking. Uh, and now I'm with this. Uh, I'm with my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, back in those days, you know, uh, you know, uh, I just stayed in the bedroom as much as I could, you know, yeah, I knew that, you know, knew me. And um, so he uh, <coughs> He goes, yeah, so give me some money. I got to go get a fucking, uh, I got to go get a distributor and some other shit. So I give him some money and he goes to the to the thing and he he's working out there, working on this thing all day long, come back in. Hey, I need a bump, you know? Yeah, here's a bump. And, you know, every time he opens it, I'm just opening the door just like a little bit like, eh. yeah, what do you want? Yeah. Okay, hold on. <laughs> okay, come in, do your bump, get out. You know what I mean? And so... So, uh, so anyway, so comes in, he goes, dude, I fucking, I, he goes, you got to come outside. You got to come outside and check it out. I got it running. And I'm all not right now, bro. In a little bit, I'll be out there in a little bit. And he's like, no, man, come out. It's running. Come on out. And I'm all fuck, dude. It's, it's not running. I mean, I mean, uh, not right now. I'll be out there in a little bit. Well, knows me, man. He knows I ain't fucking coming out for an hour. Right. Yeah. So, so now I now I finally fucking go out there. It's maybe an hour later, right? And so now I see the Mustang is now the thing was parked like on a hill where it was parked. Yeah. And now instead of the car being faced in, now the car is with the front end facing out, right? He goes, fuck, dude. 
he goes, man, he goes, man, it was running. It runs real good. I ran it down the street and, and th things running great. Uh, but I fucked up because I went in there, started messing with something. And I cracked the distributor. So now I got to go to get another. Oh, shit. But the fucking auto parts stores closed. They won't be open till tomorrow. And I'm all, ah, fuck. All right. And, but now I'm all happy. Like, hey, fucking got it running. Right. So I give him the big fucking sack, the bonus sack. Like, all right, thanks, bro. So he splits. And then I go out there, I put a new distributor on it because I'm thinking, well, I can get it running now. So I get a distributor, put it on there, fucking thing won't start. And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? So, so then now this other buddy of mine who's a dealer goes, hey, what are you going to do with that Mustang? And I'm like, ah, fuck, you know, get it running. I go, but I can't fucking get it running. He goes, he did? And I go, yeah, I fucking, it was parked the other way. And, and he said he drove it down the street. It drove great. And then he broke the distributor cap. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't get it to start. So he goes, well, I'll buy it off you. And I'm like, all right. So he fucking buys it from me, right? So now he's got some other fucking guy over there working on the fucking car and can't get it. Now, this guy is actually a mechanic, right? So he goes, dude, this fucking engine's blown. This fucking, there's no way this thing got started. I go, dude, I swear to God, fucking told me it fucking was running. Well, he knew too. And he goes, are you fucking sure? So I get over there, you know, and, and I go, what the fuck? And if it's one of these guys that, that, um, you know, he'll fuck you over, but he does it with a smile on his face and he always owns up to it. He goes, yeah, dude, fucking whatever. So he tells me, he goes, yeah, man, fucking, you know, I just knew you weren't going to come outside. So I hooked it up to the back of my car and I pulled it out and I turned it around and then fucking backed it in, just told you it was running. Cause I knew you wouldn't fucking come out there and <laughs> fucking full of shit like that. He would fucking fantastic, man. Another fucking story. This is fucking uh, just the way people do their fucking uh, shit so goes me money you know this one time and i go dude you gotta you gotta come over here and and, and fucking uh i gotta pay my phone bill so i need that fucking money on me so no problem man i'll come on do you want me to stop and pay your phone bill for you i'm all no i don't want you to stop i didn't even need the phone bill paid i was just like throwing some fucking thing out there to create urgency why i needed my fucking money right yeah <laughs> So, so uh, I go, no, don't fucking pay my bill, man. Just fucking get over with my money. So fucking, uh, he, he goes, I'll be there in a half hour. Well, hour and a half later, here he comes, you know, with, with this fucking receipt. Right. He goes, dude, you're going to be so happy. I went, I stopped and I paid your phone bill. And I go, ah, fuck you idiot. I go, I didn't need to pay my phone bill. I just wanted my fucking money. I was trying to fucking come up with a reason. And so he's got this receipt and he goes, oh, fuck, I'm sorry, bro. I thought I was doing you a favor. Hands me this receipt. And so it's like, I'm all, ah, fuck, I guess I can't get pissed. But so now then I go down the, you know, I, I call up the phone company. I'm all, hey, I want the fucking money in there. We can't, can't give you the cash refund for it. We're just going to have to credit your account, right? Yeah. All right. Well, fuck, whatever. So about, about. Uh, three days later, my phone gets shut off and I'm all, what the fuck? You know, I got this fucking big ass credit, you know, my phone bill's paid, been paid. Right. So I fucking, I, I, uh, I call them up. I'm all, what's up? You know, why is my phone off? Well, uh, they said, well, uh, you paid your bill with a, with a bounce check. <laughs> <laughs> the fucker got me, man. So he went there and he paid it with a fucking bad check. They shut my phone off. Well, then I'm trying to explain to them, hey, well, uh, well, you shouldn't turn my phone off because that was all credited. My, All my shit's current. And they go, well, standard procedures, if you give us a bounce check, we cut your shit off. So oh, I man. go in there and I had to pay like 200 bucks to get my <laughs> phone back on from a fucking check that was all fucking, oh, that fucking 
And then, of course, the next, you know, he stays away just long enough, you know, so that when he comes in, he, now he's got the money. You're like, hey, dude, what's up? You know, here's your money. I'm yeah. Like, Motherfucker. You know, but he, that was fucking crazy shit that we used to do back then. Dude, that's a Rest in peace of though. Fuck, yeah, man. But, I remember, you know? Yeah, you know, I remember when I saw him, I got out of the joint. And uh, Phil told me that uh, I was in the joint and and uh, Phil told me that he saw him and um, and said, hey, all those stories you're telling, it sounds like stories my dad tells me. He goes, oh, fuck, dude, all those stories that I was telling, your dad was involved in half of that shit. So, yeah. yeah. So I said, ask him if he'll sponsor me, right? So when, when I got out, I fucking asked him to sponsor me. And I couldn't fucking believe it because Phil was saying, yeah, he's a fucking cool dude. He drives a fucking drives a firebird and all these chicks are fucking all over him he's like the cool little dude and i'm like, sure we're talking about the same guy because fucking was the kind of fucking guy like i said he was the tow truck driver of fucking so i'm all are you sure this is the same fucking guy and he's all no this he said he knows you man and and uh yeah it turns out that sobriety was good for him and fucking yeah it turned him from a tow truck guy that'll that'll change your transmission for for uh for a 20 sack into uh, a respectable guy. Yeah. Who's the kind of guy that I don't even think a hooker would, I mean, if he paid for a hooker for the night, she'd probably just, you know, talk to talk him into just giving him a hand job kind of a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and now he turned sobriety, turned him into this desirable fucking guy cruising a fucking night rider rig. And, you know, <laughs> sobriety's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Phil. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I think I, you're going to ask what I think. All right, you go. No, you go ahead, Mike. Um, the uh, I was just so you had just mentioned that thing about about both, or you had mentioned uh, Phil about the spiritual, uh, the 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 witches and stuff, and that, and that percolates yeah. me. So I was just wondering about it. If you guys, either one of you, have any good ghost stories? Yeah, my biggest ghost story was was the one that I said with the uh, when the demons and the Grim Reaper, and that was probably you know. And then I actually got on the phone. I don't know who I was going to call, but I picked up the phone and a, and I and I felt a spider come through the phone into my mouth. You know what I'm oh, saying? Like I just Jesus freaked Christ. out. You know? And yeah. I just freaked out, and I'm just like, heart's going, spider, fucking, everything's going to shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But uh, and then I also I worked at the Aztec Hotel in Monrovia, and that place is haunted. You know what I'm saying? Like I worked there, and I remember I I wrote a song because shameless plug. Me and my dad do music. You can look at wildcardqm.com, but he plays the guitar. I do the rap. We make music together after all this shit that we've been through. But I was sure. writing a song in room 120, and I called it Ghost Dance, and there had been. I looked in the Monrovia library and there had been a hooker that was killed in that room. And then the heat never worked again or, or something like the air never worked again in that room or something. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just a lot of weird demonic kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? How about you, Rick? Yeah. You know, I, I lived, uh, I lived with this gal in, um, in, uh, Sierra Madre. Yeah. And, uh, and this house was built in the 1800s, right? And you'd always uh, hear these weird noises, like somebody walking across the floor because it was a wood, like wood floor. You hear the creaking, like just plain as day, somebody walking through there. And fucking, I'd like jump out with a fucking machete and open the door, and there's nobody there. 
uh, yes. And now, now, yeah. Now, uh, and every once in a while, you would see this thing like um, it was like this apparition, like looking around around the corner of a door, and it looked like um, like out of the corner of your eye, you would see this. And you would see, um, and I was, and I was sober then too. So you'd see, uh, you'd see what looked like a kid, maybe 12 years old, looked like maybe Opie Taylor or something kind of a, you know, looked like a kid like that real innocent kind of a kid. And then as soon as you look straight at it, it would just kind of like dissolve. Right. And it got to be so prevalent in this house that there was something there that, uh, we actually, uh, we actually named it, uh, Bobby and, um, Ah, it's just fucking Bobby again, right? Yeah. And whenever uh, at Christmas time you put up the Christmas tree, and in this one corner of the house where the Christmas tree was, whoever sat in this one chair on or one put point on the couch would just instantly get cold and come over this like uh, a feeling of uh, sadness. You know, it was really. Weird. I mean, it was it was it was a real fucking thing, and I mean weird shit. Like uh, like one time we're sitting in her son's room. And we're all just standing there talking. And all of a sudden, this picture comes off of the wall and it comes out about three feet and help, just just holds up in midair and then just falls. And no at, way. That point, at that point, we already I mean, we had already just accepted it was mischievous. You know, it was a mischievous entity. You know, and um, we all just laughed about it. Went, ah, oh, fucking Bobby. You know what I mean? Would you see him in the same place most of the time? It, it seemed the place where you would actually see him was like looking from the bathroom door into the bedroom, kind of like peering around the oh wow around the door, just like kind of like yeah. like that. And um, but the weirdest yeah. thing was um, there was this one there's one friend of hers that came over, and um, uh, she had this boyfriend that that was just a piece of shit. You know, you ever meet you ever meet somebody and you just immediately get the feeling that they're they're just no fucking good well Fuck he yeah. these he was one of these fucking guys right and uh and he used to fucking put hands on her and shit which i think is a fucking uh pussy move and um anyway so they were over there uh for like a barbecue or something and after the barbecue we're sitting in the front room and there was and uh this guy who was just a piece of shit was just dialoguing or whatever and all of a sudden this candle sitting on the on the uh on the on the coffee table just came up in the middle of the air it was a red candle came up in the middle of the air and just flew across the room to the fucking uh to the screen door they fucking both got up and fucking ran out of there that bitch never came back that dude never came back either but yeah that was we just laughed about it because we went whoa that was fucking true by then we were like acclimated to the whole bobby thing you know what i mean but that that if that whole area is known for uh, paranormal activity, right up okay. the street from there, there's a there's a hotel right up the street from her house. I can't remember. It was like a boarding house. Mm. Was it, that's in uh, it, it's in a um, a book that's considered. Uh, I think it's like the the 100 top hauntings uh, in America. Word, and, yeah. Boarding it, houses are the. They're like chock full of crazy shit, obviously, right? Like, yeah. There's so yeah. many, so many people coming in and out of there, and so many people at different stages of their good luck or bad luck, you know? 
Yeah, and that was a that was an old Victorian house that had been there since the mid eighteen hundreds. You know, damn. And uh, yeah, that whole area was just kind of a trippy place. Oh, yeah, Phil used to call it the house on Haunted Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome, Bobby. Hey, Phil, can you tell us about like the shows you've been playing and stuff? So Phil's a pretty great MC. He has been for as long as I've known him, which is a long time, actually. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, uh, so I was touring real heavily. We did Canada twice, all the way to Pennsylvania four different times. And then I kind of got burnt out and I uh, I started taking – I had nine years sober. I started taking steroids at the end to try to get buff to market myself. And I just snapped, you know what I'm saying? Like I just couldn't take the hormonal like shit. And I just remember driving being so tense, like I need some fucking relief. And then that's when I took the drink, you know, and then I was out there for um, three years, you know what I'm saying? And now I got three years back um, and we played some shows, but COVID fucked up a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? So now that it's like opening up a little bit, we're looking forward to like getting out there more, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, it's just um, definitely put a damper. I got one story I got to tell you, though, that's not related to the music that you got to hear, though. Yeah. There was a strip club in Pasadena called Pleasures, I think. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, it's behind not the there end. anymore. In there. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah. And I went there and I was on drugs with some homies, some older guys. And there was a stripper and I was, you know, broke dick, fucking drug addict, just at the bar with a beer, no money in my pocket. And this beautiful stripper that looked like a sports illustrated model walked up and she was like, Hey, you want to dance? And I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't have any money. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, she's like, no, I'll give you one for free. And I'm like, this is weird. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, you know, I'm like, I look like Skeletor at the time and shit. I guess I had pretty eyes, you know what I'm saying? But whatever. So <laughs> she, she walked me to the back and gave me a dance and she gave me her number and she was like you should come over to my house later tonight and kick it you know and i'm like all right you know and i don't remember where it was it was like in la puente or fucking somewhere like out there like in a big dirt lot and there was like a apartment building at the end of it and i went in there i drove out there by myself and then we're just kicking it you know and i see her bathroom light is on and i see like a shadow behind the door you know and i'm like oh shit this is a fucking hit bro this is a cartel <laughs> hit you know what i'm saying it's like carlito's way shit you ever see that movie carlito's way where there's a guy in the bathroom and he comes out and he's you know so I'm thinking, this is gonna happen you know what i mean and i'm like fuck of course i've been doing too much shit i've been around such dangerous people like they fucking sent a stripper to lure me into the middle of nowhere to kill uh. me in this fucked up apartment this is where it's going down you know what i mean so I, and I, now I'm hearing people outside and I'm all tr- paranoid on meth, you know, I'm hearing people outside. I'm like, oh my God, it's an ambush. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I get up and I, I throw my jacket on. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And she had a Spanish accent. And I remember she was like, get her freak, get her freak. And I took <laughs> off running. You know what I'm saying? Wait, what did I she took say? Off running. She said, get her freak. You're a freak. And I just remember, because I was just freaking out, like, no, nah, man, they're saying that shit. I'm just all twacked out and shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I got out of there, but. Well, Benny, hit, Benny from the Bronx was there. Yeah, Benny, Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco yeah, was Benny there. Benny Blanco was in the fucking I'll care about Benny Blanco. But yeah, he was there. But oh, man. Mm. Good times. Hold on, sorry. Mm. 
you guys hear me? The computers gave me like a weird thing, so I, I lost sound for a second. Sorry about that. No, you're oh, good. Well, yeah, good. that was just one. But uh, oh, and then we had a, a drug dealer up here that had chihuahuas, and me and my friend would be holding her fucking chihuahuas at like three in the morning in the casino while she'd be playing slots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bullshit. No, for real, just little. Just, you know what I mean? Little ankle yeah. biters, you know what I'm saying? While she's just playing slots, just giving us the dogs to hold, you know what I mean? No way. <laughs> Standing around the casino yeah, man. dogs. Yeah. yeah, just holding her dog, you know? Just so you get some bumps. Her emotional yeah, support. Just, yeah. yeah, just the emotional support dog, bro. No, I, lo- I do. I got a lot of love for that lady, though. She's actually doing fed time right now, but. Oh, man. Sorry. This fucking. No, you're good. It's up on my computer, man. It's cutting the sound off. Oh, I could hear you. Yeah, we hear you good. You guys hear me? Okay. Um, but yeah, I got to shout out Rachel though too, man, because I remember she she you know she's been sober for fucking twenty years, you know, and uh, and I had her, I called her over to my house one time when I was all jacked out on meth, and and I and she showed up, and I was like, I'm gonna need you to army crawl through the front yard to come to my room, you know what I'm saying? Like to and fucking poor rachel with like a couple years it's like no way. crawling up the fucking front lawn yeah bullshit she did <laughs> yes it. dog after her bro yeah bless her sweetheart you know what i mean dude but yeah yeah rachel's the truth man i love her yeah she is she's so dope man but uh, yeah she is a sweetheart what um hey rick can you tell these guys the just for our listeners tell the like I don't, well, see, I don't know, because the modern, you know, crank is so much different than the stuff any of us did, you know? What's it like now? Well, you know, that stuff's, it's so dirty. I mean, they do some fucking crazy shit with that stuff now. I mean. Me, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not pure at all. Even, you know, they disguise it by making it into shards. But they put other shit in there. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, I, re- I really think what they're doing is maybe putting trace amounts of fucking junk in there. Uh, oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, it's, you know, typically pure uh, speed is not uh, physically addicting. It's mentally addicting. Yeah. Now, uh, these people are, I mean, they're physically addicted off this shit. So they're they're doing they're putting something in there. Um, you know, and, and I haven't done that shit for long enough to where I don't even give a fuck, but I know I, I did get some of the, the, um, I did, uh, before I, you know, put it down forever. Cause you know, I, I had my, uh, uh, relapses too, you know, but, um, before I put that shit down forever, um, I did get my hands on some of that stuff and it just, the high was just so dirty and you ache afterwards and, you know, uh, it, it's 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 not right. Whatever they're doing to it is not is not good shit. And that's why these people are. You see all these people on the streets. Just, I mean, they're. I mean, that's not normal fucking amphetamine psychosis. I mean, these people are are really fucking out there on this shit. So I don't yeah. know what the fuck they're how they're making it or what they're doing. But I really think they're putting, well, they're putting fentanyl and cocaine. Yeah, know? that's. Putting yeah. fentanyl and like weed and shit. Well, I'm with and, like kids are, you know, kids are taking that shit at like junior, full on junior G man at like 18, 19 years old, just getting into smoking a little something, doing a little something that freaks me out. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's a condition called amphetamine psychosis 
that um, certain people, uh, you know, it's it's not unlike alcoholism uh, to where, you know, people black out on alcohol. It's kind of similar to that, uh, but with drugs um, and uh, some people uh, have, it has that effect on certain people, you know, and it's uh, like a small percentage of, of people that have that. And that's usually like Phil is, is uh, probably one of those people, you know, that, that uh, it affects him in a different way than, uh, than most people, you know, and because I never, I never had any of that loss of reality, you know, and I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, the stories that he tells are just horrifying to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I never had those experiences ever. Thank God. You know, I didn't uh, either. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time. You know what I mean? I, I had, <laughs> it, 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 it ain't going to fucking lie, man. I mean, if I didn't, uh, you know, it was a different time back then, you know, cops were stupid. Uh, and, uh, you know, as long as you had a good head on your shoulders, you could make some good money. LA had, was different. It was totally. Yeah. LA was a, I mean, totally different place. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, but, you know, it's uh, I kind of I kind of feel sorry for everybody who gets strung out in this shit now because it's not it's not the same shit. I mean, you can't trust it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, I could notice in the 90s doing it, feeling high and, and you know, the, the feeling and then doing it years later and feeling the difference. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, wax me out and shit, you know? I, I got to send Phil, I'm going to text you for you and your dad, this article in the Atlantic. It's incredible, but apparently Rick, what they're making in Mexico isn't a veteran based at all. It's P2P, but I, you know, you and I have both done P2P and it didn't affect us like that. No, whatever they're doing this, whatever form of P2P, this reporter did a great job on it. You know, he just, and he was talking like people downtown LA and stuff and like, this dude is like a seasoned tweaker. He's like in his fifties and he's like, I don't even know if I'd call it meth anymore. You know, that article's incredible. Yeah. That freaked yeah, me I, out. I agree. You know, I, I think, like I said, you know, uh, P2P dope is actually, um, um, uh, I've never done the P2P dope, but you know, a lot of the brothers used to, you know, a lot of the enthusiasts used yeah. to do that when it was available. And, um, uh, they, you know, that was actually, a. uh, something they used to use in photography for developing. Yeah. Uh, and so it was kind of uh, available. And, and again, it's just one of those things that has the ability to change its structure to turn into meth, you know, and, um, and, and with that stuff, it's liquid. So uh, you can just make enormous amounts with a small amount of that stuff, you know? Oh, so, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Didn't you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they were stealing. Well, you know, I like that show. And I think that that show, a bunch of whoever wrote it, got a bunch of stories from our area. Oh, yeah. But, you know, because like cooking in the Winnebago. Very, very accurate. It's yeah. Very did accurate. you guys feel it was act? Yeah, did you? Because I, I, it's good. I Because I, I don't know from Adam in that world. I mean, I was a consumer on the other end. No, it was very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That Heisenberg, when you were saying Heisenberg, he, doesn't he call himself Heisenberg in the thing? Yeah. Well, so I'll tell you who Heisenberg is. So Heisenberg was a German scientist who came up with that method. There's a few different methods, but the Heisenberg method is the most pure uh, way to make it. And, um, and he actually used to make Hitler his drugs 
because Hitler uh, was yeah. speed free. Now they used to they used to give it to all their uh, um, all their troops uh, right. during battles to make them fear. Yeah, the Nazis loved loved it, right? Yeah. And like yeah. all that, yeah. And don't don't be fooled. We we'd use that shit too, um, but not that pure. You know, they used to yeah. get uh, uh, bomber pilots. They used to get bomber pilots sets so that they could go on these. Uh, you know, hours, hours, hours long uh, bombing raids, you know, to to drop bombs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But wow. that method, the, Heis the Heisenberg was the one who came up with this certain method. And in German, I can't remember uh, what it's called, but it translates to the bomb. Oh, that method, because oh, essentially wow. you're making a hydrogen bomb. <laughs> so, right. It's one step away from that. Right. Or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and that's why it's so uh, it's it's such a, uh, a dangerous method, or you know it's it's an exact science. In other words, you just really have to be on top of it. So wait, mm -hmm. the, even the first time you did it, uh, Rick, it wasn't P two P. No, really. No, it was uh, hydriotic and red phosphorus. Oh man, I wonder. It's weird because. I wonder if the, the first time I did it was about like 84 in the Eastland bowling alley. Well, and a lot of that P2P dope, remember the peanut butter? Yeah, I've done. Okay, yeah. People used to call it bathtub crank, but you can't make crank in a bathtub. But it's just like the, the, yeah. that. But um, a lot of that stuff was the P2P dope. Was uh, it, it, It's a little bit dirtier, you know? It's a dirtier dope. It's a different high. And, and the peanut butter is essentially when they when they were making it, they kind of fucked it up and uh, they fucked the batch up. Yeah. But I love that stuff. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, essentially what people really like about uh, the high is the side effects. So, um, you know, P2B dope has a lot of side effects attached to it. And that's really, I mean, uh, that's really what people really enjoy when it comes to a high is the side effects, right? So when it has more side effects like that, people really like that peanut butter shit even though it was, you know, you couldn't really smoke it or anything. You'd Is that that yellow pasty shit? Yeah, it was, you know, yeah. Uh, that was the first, that's the first time I ever had it in New York. Yeah, where, brown. Where literally the, everybody I was hanging with ran out of cocaine and was like, hey, and one dude was like, hey, no, I got a little of this. And uh, and he'd been living out in L.A. and I hadn't yet moved to L.A. And I that's that was the first time I had it. And that was a different that's a different situation than that glass stuff. Oh yeah. Well, it's dirtier, you know, it's, yeah. it's way dirtier. It's they call it peanut butter because of the color, you know, it's, it's kind yeah. of burnt and it's just the, you know, whoever was doing, whoever's was doing it. Wasn't, um, uh, wasn't trying to make it as clean and pure as they could. Mm. They were just trying to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But the, 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 uh, the enthusiasts used to get that stuff. I mean, they would, I mean, they got balls, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're smart motherfuckers and they would, they would find out when shipments of that stuff are going and they just hijack the whole fucking truck to get that, to mm. get that shit. Yeah. Also remember it would get that, the peanut butter, the, the P2P stuff, you'd get gnarly zits, you know, like your, your yeah, well, system was getting rid of the crap in it or something yeah well, it's real dirty it's real dirty shit i mean what do you mean by the side effects of it rick well you know i mean you know ultimately uh you know the side effects are things like uh 
uh, horny as a motherfucker. Uh, you know, yep. Just, there you go, Chief. That was the that, thing. I think it's a side effect. You know, you know, if, if it's really super pure, all it's all it should be doing is uh, um, you know uh, affecting your nervous system. You know, but the side effects are going to uh, affect uh, your psyche as well, right? Right. Going to make you. It's going to really make your endorphins go on fucking on uh, you know on turbocharged. You know, and oh. that's like me. Like when I used to make mine, I always used to. I used to make my pH a little bit lower uh, because it made everybody horny, you know? So like a, to get, to get the purest fucking, to get, the, to get the purest high from it uh, without side effects, you want to make it right at uh, 7.2 on, on the pH level. Um, women, it always makes women a little different because their pH level is a little higher, but mm -hmm. ultimately, you know, I used to make my pH just a little bit lower, uh, make it a little more acidic. And when you did that, uh, it would just make everybody horny and everybody loved it, you know? So that's. Cause you would, I was telling these guys, you would test it with the pool strips, right? The pH strips. Well, I mean, not, I mean, I had some better equipment than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pool strips are, you know, no, I, I actually, I actually used to use the pH strips from the uh, chemistry supply. Oh, okay. I had so, <laughs> so so here's the deal. So you know, I I, I had short short hair, you know, um, pretty much, and uh, and so I used to go down to I can't remember it's the place in Glendale. I can't remember, the, but they they supply all the um, chemistry shit to uh, the whole San Gabriel Valley. It's a big place. I can't remember the name of it now. But anyway, um, uh, I would go in there and I would put on a, a button up shirt. I would like wear uh, I would wear like uh, corduroys, which you know, mm. you know. I, I went to the the uh, thrift store and I'd buy clothes that looked like fucking dorky clothes, right? And I'd fucking go in there and I had a pair of glasses that were just clear glasses, but I don't have you know I got good vision, right? But they were weak enough to where you know that uh, I could like see through them and and look like I wore glasses. I'd wear a pocket protector with some fucking with a couple of little gizmos in the pocket protector. So I looked like a fucking geek and I go in this place and I made friends with the owner. So I'd go in there. This guy fucking had no idea that all the shit I was getting, I was doing, you know, I was getting glass and stuff. And, um, and he was real cool with me. Like his, he liked me. Right. So we'd sit there and talk and, and they go, Hey, have you tried to do squeeze bottles? You don't have to turn them upside down. You could just hold them straight up and here, let me give you some, he'd give me shit, you know, like that. And, and so the guy just by you know, it's all about uh, smoke and mirrors, right? So, uh, you know, I projected the image of, of the person that I wanted him to believe I was so that um, I could ascertain my goals, which was because uh, you go through a lot of fucking glass when uh, when you're doing that stuff. You know, generally we used to, uh, you know, it's, you know, buying triple neck uh, reaction flasks and stuff um, are something that should just have DEA following you right home, you know? But um, I could I could get that kind of shit from him, you know. Oh wow! How can you show us with your hands so that, uh, how big the uh, flask you used were? For well, when you're like doing the old way, yeah, doing the old way, using a using a um, using a, a heating uh, a heating blanket, and it's actually like so it's huge. It sits inside the thing, but I mean it's. Oh big. wow! Yeah. It's fucking huge. It's like uh, I think it was twenty liters, something like yeah. that. Twenty liters. 
Yeah. Would but, you be swirling that one too, Rick? No, 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 no. You don't. No. You, huh? That's what the triple necks were. See, the triple neck. You've got uh, when you have a triple neck reaction flash. You've got you got one that's your vent. Okay. Which, yeah, uh, your vent, which uh, uh, is like you normally would do with uh, the method that uh, uh, you did, uh, you just need a single neck, right? And you yeah. Just vent. But um, when you're doing it that way, you have to be adding things uh, as it's going along. So uh, you need one one of those necks is to be able to add things in, and uh, the other one is to have a uh, temperature rod, uh, uh -oh. so that you can constantly monitor the the temperature of uh what you're doing so that's why the trip the triple neck uh, is always puts everybody on the radar because uh that means you're you're doing uh big things why do you think they switch from the hydriotic process to the iodine and phosphorus because it's easier Cause no because it's because uh you know just like anything you know once they figure out what you're doing then they throw wrenches in the gears so right. when uh, so, uh, you know, it's too hard to it was too hard to regulate the red phosphorus. So what they did is they they made getting hydriotic acid uh, 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 almost impossible without without some heavy duty certification. Right. Uh, OK. So, so then that's when people started uh, figuring out a different way to do it. So then people started using iodine crystals and doing reverse reaction, you know, um, doing it that way. But, you know, by doing it that way, then, you know, now, I mean, go, go try and buy, you know, to, used to be able to go to like uh, equestrian supply, you know, yeah, and, and get iodine crystals, you know, little fucking containers of it and, uh, and use that. Well, they made it so that that's difficult. You can't just walk in and get that anymore. you got to be a you got to be a horseshoer because that's what they used it for. They used it when when a shoer, um, uh, when a when a guy reshoes uh, horses, uh, they use that in the hooves to eliminate infections or, or um, uh, disease and hoof disease. You know, oh, so okay, that's what they use. They'd sprinkle some of those that on there, and one of those little containers should last a shoer uh, like a year. You know what I mean? Oh wow. People are going, they're buying fucking 20 containers of this shit. You know, it's pretty obvious. I mean, they're not buying a 20-year fucking supply of fucking uh, iodine for their horse. You know what I mean? So then they made that harder to get. So then uh, so then you had to get like um, uh, um, uh, iodine, the, the uh, tincture, you know, iodine tincture. Yeah. So, yeah. So you could go to horse supply and get that, you know, and they figured, okay, well, nobody knows how to. You can't do nothing with that. Well, you know, I figured out all you need to do is is get uh, um, uh, hydrogen peroxide because that what hydrogen peroxide does is uh, uh, separate all the fucking moisture from it. So it you get you you separate the other parts of the tincture away from it, and it would concentrate just the iodine crystal would just it would just start falling when you put it in there. It would look like. Uh, like uh diamond dust. look like diamond dust you just see it start solidifying in there and falling to the bottom and then and uh then you end up with fucking iodine crystals right so then they figured that out so then they put a fucking stop to that you know and uh then people were going and buying the little fucking bottles from the from the fucking uh from the drugstore 
you know, the little like one ounce at a fucking time, cleaning <laughs> the fucking place out, trying to get fucking just little tiny minute amounts. I mean, you know, I, I was way over it by then, but you know, um, so, you know, like anything, um, you know, when they figure it out, you know, just like the ephedrine, all you used to need, uh, all it had was a buffer and binder and you'd put water in there and the, the, the water would, would dilute the ephedrine and the buffer and binder would stay solid. And then all you had to do is filter that off. Right. And you'd have ephedrine. Well, they figured out that it's too easy. So then they started making pseudo ephedrine, right? Well, pseudo ephedrine is like a weak form of, uh, of ephedrine. And, uh, and you could, um, um, they started putting uh, um, uh, other things in there, uh, escaping my mind right now, but there's an element that they put in there that uh, microcrystalline cellulose is what they started putting in it. So the microcrystalline cellulose is like the guys you were talking about that had to use alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol, because it's like a wax. So you could use the water and it would isolate it, but then you'd have this waxy shit that you'd end up with. So then you have to figure out how to get rid of the waxy shit. Well, Uh, um, the waxy shit is removed by um, denatured alcohol. So then you'd use the denatured alcohol to separate that from the ephedrine, you know? And yeah. In any little trace amount of that stuff, and it would just fuck your whole cha-cha up. So, you know, it got to the point towards the end there that um, it was actually it was actually way more difficult to come up with the ephedrine or the pseudo-ephedrine to use than it was to do the trick. It's way more difficult. Oh, right. It was way more difficult. I mean, they put coloring on there. You had to get rid of. They put uh, uh, they put like a, a, a like a little hard shell over. Yeah, I remember like that candy based shell over. Oh, the digestible shell. Yeah. yeah, so it didn't burn your burn your stomach up. Yep. Yeah, that's not what it was for. It was to throw a wrench in the gears for all of us uh, uh, practicing. Uh, yep. Uh, as uh, clandestine uh, chemists, you know. But really, it got it got so it got so difficult just to uh, to make the the base that you needed to do it. I mean, that would be like a two day process just to come up with that. You know, it's a long, drawn out process. So that's all. You know, they just you know now I I wouldn't even I don't even know how. I mean, you don't really hear of anybody batching anymore because you know they've made it so difficult to come up with the stuff that. You know, you could go get the ephedrine real easy. You, know, you just go go to the store and uh, and uh, and get. Um, they're actually they actually released uh, primatine mist tablets again. Really? Yeah, they they're available again because you can't get the red phosphorus and you can't get the iodine. So, oh, I feel like we're telling all the listeners how to cook meth, Doc. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think, but just, I think it's like just in case you were to take some notes, you know. So well, to put it, it's, it's so difficult now. I mean, it's just not even. I mean, it's just not even fucking worth it. Like the the dudes yeah. that the dudes that I grew up with who cooked, you know. Like I talked to one of them a couple of years ago. I got him an impact, and I go, I was just wondering. This is probably like four years ago. I go, how much is it an ounce? And he goes, he literally goes, he goes, dude, fucking El Chapo slashing the prices, two hundred an ounce. 
Yeah. That's the street price. Yeah. And what were you getting? Probably twelve hundred. Well, what what I was what I was making it. It cost me for a hundred bucks. I could make a couple of thousand dollars worth of product. You know. Yeah. So I could just do you know because it, at some point you know after I um I exited uh, my business ventures with the brothers. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just doing it for personal use and uh, I would just do small batches. Like I would, I would start out with, you know, like a hundred bucks worth of uh, um, investment and make myself a couple of thousand dollars worth of shit. And I wouldn't, and I'd break up all my fucking glass and uh, not have to worry about it for a couple of months. You know, I would just have personal. Oh, that's what I was doing at the end there. Did anybody ever um, try, try to like burn you or rob you or you were working with the brothers? Uh, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't happen. No, you got, you got, uh, uh, when you're, when you're affiliated with, uh, with people like that, nobody, nobody fucks with you. Yeah. Were you going to El Monte a lot? Uh, no, not really. El Monte, not really so much more like, um Tahunga, uh Pasadena. Oh, uh, okay. It, well, especially when you're, you know, you got little territories and you don't go outside of that. Right. And it and if you do, it's like somebody's uh, you know, somebody's uh, supply chain has been disrupted and they come to you and it's kind of one of those things, you know? Right. I hear you. And you know, I'm I, I uh you know, just out of respect, I'm not gonna mention any uh any of the uh, colors or anything that I dealt with before. Oh yeah. I hear you. Absolutely. Um, okay. Last question. Do, do you, did you ever know anybody who was cooking and like got, it blew up and. Met oh, yeah. My dad? oh yeah. Fucking there's just uh, one dude. I mean, this guy, but it's, again, you know, see, he's, you know, there's the, the people that fucked up, you know, I see, like you could tell that I know a couple of things about it, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, but there's a lot of people who come from that, um, who, who've just been taught that if you get this and you get this and you put it in here and you do this, you end up with this. Right. And they don't understand how or why that is, you know? Right. And if you don't understand how or why that is, then you're it's going to be a dangerous situation when things start happening. Cause you're not going to know why that's happening and what, right. to do, how to react to it. Right. Right. So, um, uh, I knew this one guy who was one of those guys, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this guy was, I mean, this guy was a, I mean, he was such a good looking guy. I mean, you know um, uh, I mean, he was like uh, just a good looking guy. Any, any chick, uh, this guy could get any girl, you know what I mean? And uh, this guy had one of those mishaps and um, I mean, it blew up like the whole side of his face was just like total burn victim, you know? Damn. Yeah. I mean, I felt so bad for that dude, you know? And, but, you know, it didn't stop him. You know, that's the nature of, that's how, that's how crazy fucking uh, drugs get you, you know, is that even though he went through that and was in the hospital for, all that time in a burn unit and going through all that and marred and, you know, uh, disfigured him for life. You know, he went back to doing it. I couldn't fucking believe it, man. Damn. You know? 
you still think he's alive just, still? Still just as stupid about it as he was uh, when he when he when he. <coughs> fucked up, you know? Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember. Um, I was telling these guys. Um, there was these two dudes that were roommates in Glendora, right? And this one dude, it's like his mom gave him this sweater. This is like the late '80s. It was like kind of like a Bill Cosby looking sweater. Mm-hmm. But the two of them, Doctor Hutchable. Yeah, it was like that kind of sweater. But these two dudes were beefing, and the one dude wasn't at the house, and they, you know, they got done cooking, and somebody somehow this phosphorus ended up on the floor, and because his roommate was mad at him, he took the sweater and wiped it up, you know, wiped wiped up the phosphorus. And then they left the house and that dude came home and, and he put the sweater on and then was riding his bike in Glendora, but it was hot out and he started sweating and it created a reaction between the phosphorus and the sweater and his skin burned them all up. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, so that's a lot. That's one of those things that people don't realize what, what red phosphorus is. It's a highly, highly volatile uh, um, reaction material, you know? Is it, is, is it gnarlier than the, the hydriotic? Well, hydriotic's an acid, and uh, that's nasty shit, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not like hydrochloric acid that, you know, uh, you get a little bit on your finger and, you know, it burns when you water, put water on it. No, it's nasty shit. It'll burn a hole right through you. You know what I mean? Oh, it, shit. It, yeah, it's nasty. So, I mean, you really got to be careful with that shit. And, um, uh, but, um, the react, you know, the red phosphorus is explosive material, you know, and it's uh, the temperature. It can be affected by temperature. Like I said, the label, the warning label on it, on the containers say right on it, do not move containers swiftly. I mean, it's that, it's, it's that, I mean, I, you know, just, just it, when I look, when I had that experience where I threw it against the wall, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. I mean, I mean, I'm talking, it was probably only a bag, probably about, probably like a lid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lid, like, like a finger or two of, of, of that stuff in a, in a plastic baggie. And I mean, just that thing hitting that, I mean, it was a pretty big explosion. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, that's what they use for fireworks. They're using yeah. red phosphorus, you know? So I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe how much you know about chemistry. It's wild. Yeah. And you guys just taught yourself reading your, his, your friend's dad's books. Well, you know, he was a really good friend of mine. He was, uh, um, he was a really good friend of mine and that's how we entertained ourselves. You know, you know, like some people, you know, uh, uh, some people get high and they, uh, and they, uh, go out and fix shit that isn't broken, you know, and don't get me wrong. They're in, nothing funner than uh, fixing shit that ain't broken, you know, uh, or, uh, uh, but me and him used to sit and for hours going through his dad's chemistry books. And he was very knowledgeable, um, from, buddy? from a child. Yeah. Because his dad was, a was a, a chemical, uh, he was a, he was actually a, a chemist. So there's a, there's different, there's different scales, right? So, uh, you know, chemist is the guy who actually makes up the procedures for chemical engineers to, to, to follow. Right. Right. So the chemist is the big daddy. Well, his dad was a chemist so, and he worked for uh, 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 some company uh, as a big wig. So he knew. So he brought him up as a little boy teaching him chemistry. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, and then he passed away. And when he passed away, you know, uh, uh, he kind of went a different direction, you know, but he still had all this knowledge. And really what kind of happened is um, the stuff we were getting supplied with uh, when we were slinging uh, for, for the, uh, for the guys, mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was cut to fuck, you know, they used to cut it with, um, with uh, uh, an isotol, you know? Yeah. And they cut it with an isotol and it was just weak, but it, you know, back then, you know, everybody just snorted it back then, you know? So um, you just know it was getting weaker and weaker, you know? And uh, we just, we just uh, figured we were going to try this on our own. And we did. And, uh, and we had uh, also, the guy that bought the pallet, the two pallets of, of, of uh, a veteran. Yeah. Do with it. Well, uh, the way we got that is we told him, well, if we can figure out what to do with this, can we want fucking one of the pallets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so he was, he was a chemical engineer. So he was a pretty smart guy too. And, um, and so between the three of us, um, you know, we got ourselves mixed up in uh, a lot of shit. Are those guys still around? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know about, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen my buddy for many, many years. Uh, uh, probably, geez, 40 years, 35 years. Oh, wow. Probably since the uh, late, probably the nineties, nineties. So at least 30 years, probably. Did you start start cooking in the late eighties or early nineties? Yeah, it was in the it was in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Through through through, you know, before my luck finally ran out, you know. Yeah. I think that was in ninety-eight. Did know? they catch you with a lab? Uh they caught me with a mini lab because I was just making it for personal use. Yeah. And that's how I was able to when I went to the joint for the first time, I only I went to uh uh I went to CRC, you know, uh yeah. You know where CRC is? Yeah, California Rehabilitation Center. In North yeah. So I was able to get um, a program uh, because I had a I had a, a lawyer who was down for the cause. He had yeah. actually trouble for fucking doing speed and had to go through fucking <laughs> had to go to a rehab. Nah. So, yeah, I swear to God, he was a cool motherfucker, man. He that that guy was uh, he was an Italian dude, and he was he was, was actually, his first name Tony. No, God, okay. Oh, it's um, God. Everybody, everybody mixed up in the shit knew this fucking guy. He was, he was, uh, he was an underworld motherfucker for sure. God, I can't remember his name. Anyway, this fucking guy uh, originally was a prosecutor in New York when all the fucking, all the fucking uh, mobs mobsters were getting taken down. Yeah, and he was in the prosecutor's office, and they visited him one day, and they told him. Okay, here's the fucking deal, dude. It's time for you to fucking quit this job and move, because if you don't, uh, we're gonna kill your kids and your wife, and we're gonna let you live with that for a while, long enough, and then we're gonna take you out too. So uh, he said. So they. He said the next fucking day, man, he got the he quit his fucking job and he moved from fucking New York to fucking California. This couldn't get any further, <laughs> you know. Oh man. Yeah. So wait. So, so the mob told him that. Yeah. Yeah. Told all, to get out of town, you that's get, when all those fucking guys were going down, you know, back in the back in the eighties and shit. Yeah, and they gave him a chance. That's pretty good. They must have liked him. Yeah, yeah, well, he was a pretty cool guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, to get out, usually they don't give you a chance. 
Yeah, well, they don't want to start killing prosecutors, you know. The, yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Give them a chance. But, you know, when somebody yeah. tells you they're going to fucking kill your kids and your wife and let you think about that for a little while, oh. take you out. You know, I think it's probably time to fucking listen to what they're saying. You know what Goodbye. I mean? Goodbye. Yeah. So that guy fucking, that's how he ended up in California. Well, he was he was a pretty down dude. and um, uh, But he got me. I was pretty smart, though, too, when I got busted, you know. They like they asked me, uh, you, you know, uh, do you want to you want to you know, they tried to, you know, in, interrogate me, you know. So I said, uh, you didn't you didn't find any scale. You didn't find any baggies because I don't sell drugs. Um, I only make it for personal consumption so I don't have to deal with all the tweakers. And that's all I said. They said and then they tried to ask me some more questions. I said, I made my statement. So that's all I fucking told him. So he said, you know, uh, because of what you said, he goes, we're going to call, uh, I'm going to have it classified in the paperwork as a mini lab for personal consumption. Because that's what I did when I was doing it for myself. You know, I know, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't slinging it to anybody. All I would do is I would make it for myself. And then if, you know, I would just give some to the people that were my friends, you know, I would just give them some free shit. And, and, um, uh, I just really basically was doing it for myself because all the shit that was out there was garbage anyway, you know, and then I just break all my glassware and bury it and then uh, go buy another fucking flask, uh, you know, uh, in a month or two, you know, when I was going to do another batch, I would just do the one batch and that's it. You know, I got one fucking day of stress and that's all, you know, but so anyway, that's what I, uh, my luck finally ran out in 99 and, uh, you know, I figured, uh, you know, I better mind somebody. I went to CRC. I did a, a program there. It's like, uh, I think I fought my case for eight and a half months. And that was the worst time I ever did was uh, L.A. County. It was fucking, it was it's worst. awful. It's uh, worse, bro. And I was in, uh, mo- for most of the time, I was in old county. Oh, so, fuck. Yeah. Worse in the world. Oh, fuck. It just, I mean, dude beat up, beat the death in a cell next to me. And they, you know, they only walked through it twice, you know. Yeah. Uh, 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 the only people who are walking through there are fucking uh, trustees, you know? And um, yeah, so they didn't even find this. This guy was just listen to the guy get beat to death in the cell next to me. And then um, they don't even find him till fucking 10 o'clock count. You know what I mean? And, uh, and uh, guys sat there dead all fucking day. But, you know, that's how fucking LA County jail was the fucking worst, man. Eight yeah. months I fought my case at that motherfucker. And then, um, and then uh, uh, did a year and a half. Or, well, it's about a fourteen-month program. Yeah. If, if you're if you do it right, you know what I mean. So I hit the ground running. I did everything I was supposed to do. I got out, and then I was um, I, I did pretty well for uh, quite uh, for quite some time. You know, hit, uh, <coughs> you know, got a job and uh, uh, was working. So my PO was pretty cool. Um, but then uh, I think when I fucked up, I was with this girl, the one on, who lived on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Uh, so she was getting loaded and her friends were getting loaded. And I was and I was clean. I was and I was, um, you know, and I just told her, you know, I just felt like, you know, I want a pussy, of course. Right. So so I, I just told her, you know, hey, you know, it's not up to me to tell you what you have to do. You know what I mean? Just don't fucking do it around me. And I don't want to open up a fucking drawer and see straw and a baggie there, you know, just keep it out of my face, you know, but it was difficult because I was working, uh, I was working uh, graveyard 
and uh, working for uh, BNSF, uh, driving train crews around. And um, so I'd be trying to sleep in the afternoon and the early evening because I had to go to work at like one in the morning. And they'd be sitting in the next room, I'm sleeping there, and they're just having a great fucking time, like painting birdhouses with acrylic paint, you know what I mean? And and I'm just like thinking, fuck, I want to have fun too. But it was, it was like white knuckling it, you know what I mean? And then uh, all it took was like one, you know, one time like me talking about kind of the debauchery I would get involved with when I was high. And, uh, and you know, all it, I was kind of weak because I was working too much, not going to enough meetings. And, uh, you know, she, uh, she just said, well, can't you just like do it on the weekend? And I'm all like, yes, you know, yeah. next thing I, and then I'm playing the fucking game, you know, the PP game, you know, where, where I'm trying to, uh, you know, I don't have to pee until Friday, so I'll get high until Tuesday, you know, or get high until, until Sunday night, go back to work, and then I'll be clean, and then pretty soon it's Monday, and then Tuesday, now I'm counting hours, you know what I mean? And it's only a matter of time before, you know, I'm going to shoot a fucking dirty, and then I'm going to rehab, you know, I think I got sent to rehab, and then, uh, uh, relapsed after that, then my, my, uh, PO said, nah, fuck you. You know, you're going to go do a, a violation. So then I went and did a violation, did another program. And, but, you know, eventually, uh, eventually at some point, you know, you gotta, uh, you gotta put the, you, I put the pros and cons category and, uh, you know, uh, uh, figure out that you're going to have to mind somebody at some point, you know? And because uh, freedom is an awful fuck, the joints is fucking sucky. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fucking awful. I mean, I think it's rad that you're both sober, man. It's fucking amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this we walk together. You know, and uh, you know, it's just it's great. To, you know, I'll tell you when we play music together. You know that the coolest thing in the world is looking across the stage and and Phil's right there. You know. And he's such an amazing, he's, I mean, he's an amazing artist, you know, and um, to be involved with that with him is just uh, the coolest thing you could imagine. And the only thing uh, that's cooler is to, uh, uh, to see that we're both uh, on track and being the people, being the men that we were always meant to be, you know? Yeah. Speaking of which I got to make an amends to Phil. You're going to love this. I don't even, I don't think pops knows this story. So me, Phil, and Joe Vegas are driving up Fair, Fair Oaks. I don't even know what year this was. And some dude cut us off. 2002, I think. Yeah. It is in his cop car? Yeah. In, <laughs> or no, in my car, because Phil's in the back seat. But I'm sponsoring Phil, right? I, I hope you remember this, Phil. It was so funny. We're down there in South Pass by the War Memorial. And this dude cut me off. And I like, dude, just crazy style. Pulled up next to him. And I'm like, fuck you. Pull over screaming at this dude like a maniac. And then he turned into the Osh parking lot and I look in the mirror. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I just behaved like that with my fucking sponsee in the car. So I fucking turn and I have to, but now I have to pull in this parking lot because it's my only shot at making amends to this dude. But now, you know, he thinks I'm chasing him. You remember this, Phil? No, I don't, bro. So long. A lot of pipe hits since then, bro. Yeah, dude, we pull in the parking lot because I'm like, I got to set an example for Phil, man. I can't be behaving like this. Like Phil's in the car with us. And I pull up and the dude is horrified. I pull up next to him. He's and he's his eyes are huge. He's got like a kid in the car. I go, hey, dude, I don't want I, look, I'm calling it, you know, I, I want to apologize to you. I was out of line, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But now I gotta make a, amends to Phil for that for being a bad role model. No, it's all good, dog. 
<laughs> That's incredible. Well, well, I think we're I think we're good. Uh, one more time, Phil. Can you tell everybody your Instagram? Your you know what I mean. Your MC name. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Hold on, oh, sorry, the sound went out, man. I'm, I just missed what you said. I apologize. Bro. Oh, just we're 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 pretty good with stories. It was great. You guys murdered it. But I just want to say, can you one more time, just to be clear, give us, you know, your rap name, your Instagram ha- handle, and yeah. we, we want to get you down for the live show we're doing at the Echo Definitely. Place. So I go by Wildcard, W-I-L-D-C-A-R-D. The IG is at Wildcard QM. That's quality music. That's like an old crew we were in, Wildcard QM. And then you can find the music at wildcardqm.com. And Pops plays the so it's like a mixture of my generation hip hop with Pops's generation classic rock. That's like the fusion that we do, you know. Yes. Yeah. Pops awesome. is also a bluesy motherfucker too. That's my kind. Yeah. Of yeah. Me too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll post that link on Instagram. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll tag you, you on guys it. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It's been awesome. <laughs> Hell. Yeah, thank you guys for having us on. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you guys. Good to see you, Keith. I love you, bro. Love you, bud. Thanks, Pops. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for thank having me. Thank you guys, you guys so fucking much. Murdered it. Thank you. <laughs>